You're listening to OnRamp, and I'm your host, Carrie Fisher. And I'm your host, Shane Blackshear. Two Christians talking about race. Because everyone needs a jumping on point. This is OnRamp. Welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about something that's really meaningful to me, which is so often we talk about racism with a presumption or a sense that racism is bad for people of color. And today we're going to talk about why it's bad for white people too. Yeah. So why or how white people are hurt by racism. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important because we obviously, I think we're acquainted with the ways that people of color are hurt by racism, but how God made us communal people and and how generally what's good for you is also good for me and what's bad for you is also bad for me even if it's not obvious yeah um, someone that we've I've talked about uh, a few times the last season uh, John Perkins who is an evangelical minister was a civil rights leader during the 60s and 70s. Uh, just has just an amazing man. Um, he tells the story of when he was uh, set up by the Mississippi Highway Patrol, falsely arrested, and then mm. beaten throughout the night. I think this was in 1970. <sighs> and uh, just, a, just a, a hard story, a hard story and a hard story to imagine. But one of the things that he talked about was just the look on the faces of those white men when they were beating him and in how they looked possessed and the way that they were consumed by hate. Yeah. And God even used that eventually to to help him forgive those men and even see how they were consumed by something. Yeah. And even have have pity on them for that. Mm-hmm. And to just think, most of us don't have that level of hate inside of us. Um, but most of us do have some sort of racism inside of us that we're guilty of that crops up here and there. Yeah. And so that, that same... Um, oppression is also inside of us. Mm-hmm. So so to think of that that way, that burden, I think that's the word I'm looking for, that burden that we have from carrying racism. Yes. And the toll it plays on our psyche and our soul. Mm-hmm. So I think about that way, that kind of internal way that white people are hurt by racism and suffer by racism, their own racism. And then also think of some more practical ways, even just the human potential. So think of perhaps all of the great, the great inventors we're missing out on, the great doctors, attorneys, people that would be making our lives better, but because of institutional racism, because of you know school systems that are lacking behind that cause. Uh, people of color to not achieve what they could otherwise. Mm -hmm. We're missing out on 
generations of people that could have contributed in a way, but because of racism, they were held back in certain ways. Yeah, absolutely. And I think about um, some people who have contributed in amazing ways whose stories are largely hidden or whose work, art, music is hidden from us. We've talked about this some already that we, we miss out on sort of things of beauty and um, opportunities for growth whenever we've been segregated. And, you know, I don't know how much we've talked about this, but so much of life, currently is still so segregated in terms of school, church, neighborhoods. And so, you know, that is left over and also currently due to racism so much of the time. So just the fact that like we don't cross paths with someone who might be the person who could teach us the most about this area of God or the person who might make us laugh the hardest or the person, as you said, who might really be the one who has the connection or the ability to heal or, you know, offer some service. If we don't even, if our life, our paths never cross, then we're missing out on all those opportunities. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to think of the things um, that we, that we do have because of contributions of people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I just randomly thought of this cause I was read this somewhere not too long ago, but the, the inventor of, uh, the frozen truck, uh, or refrigerated trucks was, oh. uh, was a, a black man. So oh, like, really? we, yeah, Who knew? So you get frozen peas because of this black man that came up with this concept to mm. transport things. Um, and to think of the things that we don't have that we don't even know about because of what we've missed out on because of the role that racism has played in our society. It's pretty substantial. Also, you know, we talked in season one about the idea of, of diversity. And I think we even mentioned that it's been shown that organizations with diversity are more successful. So that means that we're losing out. Yeah. There are organizations, your, the business you work for, the church you attend, if it lacks diversity, you are suffering in some tangible ways. In a, yeah, right. In a very tangible way. Mm-hmm. This topic makes me think of um, last summer I read, this was actually my first um, opportunity to read anything of Wendell Berry's, which many people in my life love him. And I just kind of um, hadn't known about him till fairly recently, but he's sort of a, farmer poet theologian type and um and so i got to read this book of his called the hidden wound and it's this beautiful sort of memoirish um look into his uh, for one thing a childhood relationship he had with the help at his uh farm and so it was mostly one couple who the man worked the land with the family and the, uh, his wife. I don't know that she offered services to the family, but she, they lived there on the grounds with, um, Wendell Berry. And he talks about that when he was quite young, he was sort of 
at the side of this uh, farmhand all the time. His dad would be sort of off somewhere. And it was this black man who was sort of the uh, person running most of the daily events of the farm. And he, and, and so Wendell Berry as a boy was sort of learning from him and watching him and emulating him. And in fact, um, one of the stories that's really stuck for me from, from that book is a time when he was, I don't know, maybe turning seven or eight and he was having a birthday party and um, it became apparent, it became apparent to him that even though this family, this husband and wife who were so dear to him were kind of like his best friends, they weren't allowed to come inside for the party. And it also became sort of apparent to him that his parents were a part of that. Mm. And he had guests over for his party and he did not go into it. He sat with the black man outside and had his party with the person who he sort of considered to be his best friend. And, um, it, it was so beautiful because, you know, it has that innocence of childhood where if any human can really embody that faulty saying of like not seeing color it's these little humans Mm, in our lives right who are really experiencing how someone treats them and what they're learning from them and so he sort of takes you through um what it was like to love that person and what it was like to lose that person and i don't quite remember uh, my memory is that i think he might have lost some of the black people in his life to death but some as you get older as a white person and you have to make some choices about um, who you'll be and, you know, to what degree you want to push against societal norms and to what degree you want to follow your heart or all those kinds of things. And it just really struck me one, because it's important to me to hear this story from white people of, of like the recognition of the sweetness and kindness and goodness of black people in their lives at the beginning, at the end, and um, hopefully throughout, but particularly thinking about the time he was born into, he really spends a lot of this, it's a small little book, but sort of grieving what's lost that he, he wasn't able to remain in that Mm. intimacy. And because really and truly they offered him something different than what his family could by virtue of being different humans who, you know, had language that was different, who had dancing that was different, who just sort of like, (laughs) I was, I was going to say this and I don't mean a pun obviously, but sort of really brought color to his life. Not that his life was not colorful and interesting without them or couldn't have been, but it just, it added a layer and it added a, a dimension. And, so in reading that and thinking about that, I think also about several people in my life um, who have told me about um, relationship. Well, I've heard white friends who have told me about relationships they've had with people of color when they were children or when they were in middle school. And I've often heard a story of a sort of point where that friendship was no longer allowed in some way or another, mm. whether it meant that um, it was now past the point of politeness and when you kind of move into upper grades you're literally not allowed because your parents or something but also a lot more what i heard of is just kind of that uh the people of color came to a point 
where they had to choose um, what their identity was going to be. And the fact that we live in a racist society that says, once again, for white people, your choices are, do you want to be a farmer? Do you want to be a nerd? Do you want to be a theater kid? Do you want to be a brainiac? And um, if you're a person of color, do you want to be a person of color or do you want to be a poser? Hmm. You know, like those are the options. Like you can sort of go with um, a particular, uh, you know, race-based group or you can be with a um, group of white people or a more mixed group. And and sometimes you're going to have consequences for that that are all born out of racism you know even Mm -hmm. if it's other people of color who seem to be giving the consequence like if you if you hang out with the white people then you're not really black or you're not one of us or you can't do this or that even if it seems like it's coming from the the people of color it's a consequence of racism that says like we have to stick together we have to maintain our identity we have to create an identity what's been stolen from us you know and so um all of that is sad, um, not just for the people of color, but for um, the white people who are missing out on these friendships. And and as we already said, the various types, I think so often about a verse that I will butcher both because I don't really know where it is in the (laughs) Bible and exactly what it says, but something like, um, we are all recipients of God's manifold types or dimensions of grace and I think about that a lot and I think about how we're these like conduits of grace and some of that I think is probably completely supernatural and some of it I think has to do with like our lived experiences and where we've like received grace from God and how we have and what that's empowered in us and so if everybody in our life kind of has the same experiences then we're missing out even sort of spiritually on what we could be getting from a different kind of person. So that's kind of what comes up for me when I think about this topic. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I mean, the we're missing out on when we stick to our own culture, we're missing out on a human experience. And I think if we believe that um, God's image is imprinted on human beings, then yes. in a very real way, we're also missing out on the image of God, That's the right. fullness of God as he reveals himself in humanity. Yes. And so in that very real spiritual way, um, we, are, we are lacking something and we suffer from it. Absolutely. That's it for this week's episode of On Ramp. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review OnRamp on iTunes to help keep the show front and center. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.